Well, it's good to be here today. Um, for those of you who are maybe visiting, or our, our pastor Jason, he is in India. And, um, he's involved in a seminary that he kind of helped start it many years ago, and so is actively involved in, in pretty much this time of the year makes a long journey over there for about five weeks to take care of uh, administration bu- uh, uh, business and teach and graduate students and then bring in new students. And so he's out there. And so I get to fill in for him today. And then next week, uh, and then the next two weeks, we'll have a, uh, a special guest um, come. So you will want to be here for that, um, Joey. And so he'll, he'll come for two weeks. And then at the end will be Brother Doug. So you really want to be here for that. Good times. And so uh, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to be in uh, the book of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Um, tonight, there's kind of a big game tonight. Uh, if you're up to, if you're involved with sports, uh, the, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl's tonight, you know, it's a big game, the Supposedly, the two top teams of each division will play today to, to, to determine who is the champion. And, and, th- and this game tonight is in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. And so it consists of the New England Patriots and the Philadelphia Eagles. So they will meet in, in Minnesota and, and play tonight. And so what you will happen is you will have people from these two cities, Philadelphia or the state, or, or, or people who would say they're fans, come and fill up this huge arena, right? They'll come, they'll, I mean, they paid uh, thousands of dollars for a ticket, thousands to travel, drive. It's cold right now in, in Minneapolis, so they, they probably have bought um, some comfortable clothes to, to, to withstand the, the cold, but, but you will, what you will find in the, in, the, in the stadium is people dressed out or decked out to support their team. Right? What you won't find is you won't find somebody who, say, has on an Eagles jersey, right, and then covered with the jacket, ashamed of having that jersey on, right? You won't find somebody wearing a, a Tom Brady jersey, but then have a, having a trench coat covering because they're, they're embarrassed if somebody was to see them in the arena with that jersey. Man, what are they going to think of me? What are they going to think and they see me with this jersey. You won't find that. What will you find? People proudly representing their team, right? I mean, they're screaming. Some will even go as far as painting their faces, whatever it might take to represent. And in one aspect, that might seem like, you know, they are an, an ambassador of that team. Hey, we are coming from Philadelphia. We are coming from New England. We were coming proudly. Our team finally made it. The Eagles finally made it into a Super Bowl again. Uh, so we come proudly. We come to represent our state, our team. So we're not going to go and then be ashamed of, of our team. No, we, we come proudly, right? So you see that picture, right? They, they, come, they come representing their team. They are proudly to be there. And you see, sometimes as Christians, we, uh, you know, Paul, we're going to talk about Paul tells the Corinthians that you are ambassadors, but the problem is a lot of us come, we live here on earth, but we wear jackets. We're ashamed to, to live out the Christian life. We're ashamed for our neighbors to know what we do, right? 
And that's not what Christ meant when he left us here on this earth to represent him. Also, you will find in, in the game tonight is somebody who um, didn't even watch one game this whole season. Doesn't even know who plays on which team. But somehow bought a ticket, is coming, dressed out, decked out, crazy, and rooting for a team that they don't even care about. Right? And in one aspect, that's like Christians. We can come to church. We can look like we represent a team. We can look like we know what we're doing. But in reality, we don't know Christ. In reality, we do not know who he is. We're just jumping on the bandwagon. Everybody else is celebrating. I want to go and celebrate. And so we're going to look about today, what does it really mean to be an ambassador for Christ? So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 and 21. You there? And it says this, Therefore, this is Paul writing to the Corinthians, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Verse 21, for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Let's pray. God, we come before you, Lord, today, Lord God, we need you this morning, God. We thank you for the opportunity, the privilege to come to your house, to to gather as brothers and sisters, as a, as a faith family, that we can come and study, sing praises to you, give our offerings, Lord. And, and at this time, we ask that you would just touch our hearts, Lord God. We do want to be ambassadors of Christ, Lord, faithful ones, Father. And that's only possible is if we rely on you, if we depend on you, Father God. So, Lord, in this next few minutes, we just... Um, Take away any distractions, anything that has gone uh, throughout this week, uh, bad or good, whatever, but in these next few moments that we can just focus on you, Lord, so we can prepare our hearts, Lord God, as we take of your Lord's Supper this morning, God. We love you and we praise you. In the name of Jesus, amen. And so in 2 Corinthians, Paul, Paul is writing uh, to the to the church of Corinth, right? And, and we know a little bit about the church of Corinth, uh, a church that was, um, Paul had got some bad news from them. You know, they're, they're allowing some crazy sins in the church and uh, just a lot of uh, corruption going, going on. So in 1 Corinthians, Paul writes to, to kind of address those issues, right? And now 2 Corinthians, Paul kind of focuses on his apostleship. You know, some of these False teachers and, 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 and Corinthians were, were, were accusing that Paul wasn't a true apostle. So they, that's why, you know, they, they weren't really um, taking uh, uh, heed to what he was saying. And so Paul had to uh, pretty much defend himself, right? Hey, I am an apostle chosen by God. These words are, are not of mine, but they are of yours, uh, from God for your benefit. And so he's writing to, to the church of Corinth. And, uh, and so here in, in, in chapter 5, he's just kind of reminding them, and the title of chapter 5 is, Our Heavenly Dwelling, that you're, you're here on this earth, but long term you, you live for the sake of the kingdom, right? You're just here temporarily, but you live for the sake of the kingdom. And so 
And in verse 20, he, he reminds the people, therefore we are ambassadors. And so the, the question is right there in number tw- verse 20 is, who is we? Again, Paul's writing to a church that has, is filled with people who you, you probably wouldn't say they're Christians. And so he's saying we, and here Paul is kind of, again, re- re- referring to his authority, his apostleship. We, uh, Timothy, me, Timothy, Titus, some of the leaders of the church, we are ambassadors of Christ, God making his appeal through us. And so then he says, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled. So he's urging the church. He's urging the people, be reconciled with Christ. We beg you to be reconciled with Christ. And so here he says, we are ambassadors for Christ. Uh, an ambassador, uh, uh, again, for, for, let's say for our nation, is someone who um, goes and represents the United States, right? Someone who goes to a foreign land and they go for a purpose to represent the one who is sending them, usually our president. And they go with a specific duty, a specific job, a specific purpose, right? And so here Paul is telling the church, you are an ambassador for Christ. And so question number one is, um, how does one become an ambassador? And you notice there, there in verse 20, it starts off with, therefore, so that means something had, has had to happen for you to become an ambassador. So now we've we got to jump back to verse 17. So let's look at verse 17. Paul writes, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God. Right? So an ambassador is someone chosen by God. So if you're taking notes, that's the number one. An ambassador is someone who is chosen by God. A person can't just choose for himself. Hey, I want to represent uh, the United States. So I want to represent this country. No, he is chosen by God. Usually the, the, the president, right? Somebody uh, in high authority, right? So an ambassador for Christ is somebody chosen by God. We talked today in our Sunday school, right? God choosing his people. God, way before the, the foundations of the world, way before the creation, the earth was even created, God had already set aside the people for him, right? He had already set aside. That's a good thing. That's good news for us. But here, so an ambassador is someone chosen by God. Verse 20, therefore, again, something had to happen. So verse 17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old has passed. So God, again, in, in our, in our um, human nature, we were born with, with sin because of Adam. Adam's uh, nature, we inherited that, you know, for, for one man's sin, then all, all men inherited that nature. So us being born as a baby, we inherited that nature, that depravity, right? And if some of you who have kids, right, one-year-old, two-year-old, you say, hey, man, the depraved kids, you know, they're, they're rough, they're bad. And then if you have teenagers, amen again, right? And so God takes us from the old and new. He turns us new. But how does he do that? Again, verse 18, all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. So who did the work there? We did? 
We, we went to Jesus and said, Jesus, I want to restore this relationship we once had. No. God, through Christ, comes to us and he restores us. He restores the brokenness. And First uh, Timothy says, for there is between God and man one mediator, the man Christ Jesus, who stands before us, who allows us to have, to be reconciled with God. You see, in our, in our evangelism today, a lot of it has to do with, um, okay, how, how, do you want to go to heaven today? I mean, if you were to die tonight, if, if the rapture was to happen, or if you were to get hit by this truck, we try to scare people. You know, man, if you just get left behind, where will you go? Do you want to go to heaven tonight? And that's not the gospel. The gospel is um, you and I, because of sin, we, we were bent, we were broken, we were separated from God. And something had to take place to, in order for us to be made new, to be reconciled. And there was only one solution, Christ, to come and take our place, to reconcile us. God had to come and do it. There's nothing we could have done, nothing we, we can do, we'll be able to do. God had to come and do it. And so he, right there in verse 18, all, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself. And then this, gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Because again, in, in evangelism today, we just focus on, okay, hey, do you want to get to heaven? Good. Now you can live however you want to live. Or, you know, we don't even explain what God expects of a Christian, of an ambassador. Oh, no, no, it's more than just getting into heaven. It's, do you want to be reconciled with God now, today? Do you want to restore that? And again, with, with our, our, our broken nature, we don't want a God. We don't want somebody to tell us what to do. We don't want somebody bossing us around. But the reality is God's saying, I've created you for me. And the only way that can take place in order for you to be reconciled with me, it has to go through the Father, Jesus Christ. And I'm the initiator. I'm the one that comes and gets you. So an ambassador is someone chosen by God. You don't get to choose to be an ambassador. You don't get to choose to be an ambassador. God chooses us. And again, that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing, because if, if we had to choose, and we wouldn't choose. If it was up to us, we would not represent Christ. We would not want to represent Christ. So number one, an ambassador is someone chosen by God. Number two, an ambassador has a specific job, a specific message. Again, right there in verse 19, that is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So this is our job. This is our duty as Christians. This is why we exist on this world, is to what? Take the gospel to the nations, right? We focus on missions. That's why pastors... Pastors in India, we, we're investing resource and time because this is our duty as an ambassador. We have one job. We don't get to choose that job, right? The one who sends us tells us what to do. So God choosing us, God sending us is a specific 
job, a specific message, and that message is to go take the gospel to the nations. The, the, the gospel of there's a way to be reconciled with God today. That's the message. That's the gospel, right? We are no good because of sin. There's nothing we can do to, to fix that, but only Jesus coming, being righteous, taking our place, allowing us to become reconciled today, this moment. And so then we can live for him, for the kingdom here. We don't have to wait till we get into to heaven with them. We can live for the kingdom here. So an ambassador has a specific job, a specific message. We don't get to choose that. Again, in the news, uh, you know, having a conversation where, you know, now you got um, certain denominations who are okaying certain lifestyles, who are okaying certain um, um, people to become pastors, uh, churches being filled with crazy stuff now. We're, we're allowing the world to dictate what, what we believe and what we preach. Again, an ambassador of Christ, we don't get to choose that message. We have to, uh, as Paul writes to Timothy, stand firm to the truth, study it, know it, defend it, and proclaim it. Pro- proclaim the truth. You know, it's amazing how, how Paul was in his chains writing First and Second Timothy to, to Timothy, a young pastor growing up, Paul then in, in chains because of preaching the gospel. And he's telling Timothy, don't worry about the chains. Count it all joy. Keep on preaching the gospel. Keep on preaching the gospel. You have to be faithful to it. You don't get to decide what to, what to preach. Amen. This last couple of weeks, we've been studying Jonah, right? An ambassador of Christ who had to learn the hard way, right? God sent him. God commanded him to go to Nineveh, specifically go to Nineveh and and preach this gospel of reconciliation. Preach this gospel to the the people of Nineveh that there is a way to find hope. There is a way to find peace. And that is by quit trying to do the work and depend on Christ to be set free. And what did, again, what did we learn about Jonah? He, he, he was disobedient, didn't go, ended up being on a ship, people tossing him out, ended up in, 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 the, in the belly of a big fish. And then he, you know, I, I, would, I would probably say yes to Jesus after that, you know, and then went and, and, and preached the message. The people of Nineveh heard the gospel, got saved, but what, what was the attitude of Jonah? He was displeased. He was mad. And you see, that doesn't make sense because for somebody who has experienced salvation, for somebody who has come from the old and has been made new, you want that for other people. When you realize that there was nothing good in yourself to deserve this newness, when you realize that you're just as wicked as the person who has killed a thousand people. You're just as guilty as that person. When you realize that, that when you put, put your mugshot to another person who has raped or killed or steal, and you've only taken a piece of bubble gum, you're just as guilty as that person. And so for you to experience salvation, 
and say, I don't, man, I, I, I'm angry because God is saving people. So the question is, are you really saved? Do you really understand salvation? Have you really experienced God's love and mercy? Because if you have, you want that for others. And that's why Jesus says, um, I have given you the ministry of what? Reconciliation. That once you have experienced oldness coming into newness, there's only one thing to do is to go proclaim that. Go and share that with people. Like, God doesn't even have to, he shouldn't even have to ask us to. We should just want to do it. Because, man, we've been made new. We want people to hear that. Look at verse 20, and it says, God making his appeal through us. You know, it says, therefore, we are, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. So again, isn't that a, a, just amazing that God decided to use us to reach people? Here it says, God making his appeal through us. So we are his representatives. We are his ambassadors. And that's, and that's just an amazing thing. I know my, uh, when we get to travel uh, other countries, and I'm just amazed, God, why, why me? Why did you get to use me to come out? Even here in uh, Marshall, Lindo, or wherever we're at, God, you get to use me to be your representative. Not only did you save me, but now you're, you're working through me. And again, our job is just to beg people, I beg you, be reconciled with God. So an ambassador has one job and one message, and that is to proclaim the gospel, to go and to proclaim to people uh, all around the world about this opportunity for people to be saved. Again, Romans talks about one, you know, creation reveals there's a God, right? It reveals, and it says, God says that no one has an excuse but it doesn't say that, that creation reveals there's a way to salvation. It doesn't reveal that. It reveals there's a God, so people are, are without an excuse, but it doesn't reveal a way to become a believer. Why? Because God says, I'm going to use you to be the tool, the instrument to go out and to proclaim that gospel. People must hear the gospel, right? By faith comes through hearing. Hearing what? Hearing of the gospel. Hearing of this message. And that's what an ambassador does. Goes to declare the message that the president has sent him to tell. We go and tell the gospel whom our father has sent us to represent. And that should be our, our, our lives. That should be an ambassador. Again, like these fans that are coming and man, going through obstacles just to get to this game. For, for a 60-minute game, they're excited, they're passionate, they're, man, they're going crazy. And then imagine if their team wins, crazy. And what about us as ambassadors? Are we passionate to do God's work? Are we excited? I, I, I'm excited for our brother Jerry, and we should be praying for him. He's at the Super Bowl, you know, probably walking around the parking lot with the megaphone and, and, and preaching this gospel 
of reconciliation. But as, as believers in Christ, as ambassadors, are we committed? Are we true ambassadors? Do we take the job seriously? Do we take the job seriously? Do we represent him well? Number three is this, ambassadors of Christ are not of this world, but for the kingdom or home. Right? So again, an ambassador who goes to a different country, sometimes they have to live in that country, but in the end, that's not their home. Right? That's not their home. They are representing the country who sent them. Um, when I lived in Guatemala, I got to hang out with a few ambassadors for, for the U.S., and, and it was so awesome to, to get to know them because they would tell me when to stay home, when to not walk the streets. They would protect me, right? They would protect me because these were ambassadors of, of the USA. They knew, they knew things that were happening. They knew some things. They, they showed me where the embassy was. They said, Tim, if, when you're in, in Guatemala and somebody's chasing you, you just run to this place. You, you run as fast. You try to get whatever you can put this location on, on your map because if you make it to the embassy, you're safe. Even though I'm in a foreign country, even though I'm in a foreign country, not, not the USA, but if I get to make it to the USA amb ambassador, I'm safe. They can't touch me there. Even though this piece of property is in a different country, it's in a different place, if I make it into that land because it's a U.S. embassy, I'm safe. Or if they miss with me, hopefully... People over here would defend me, will come after, come and, and rescue me. But the idea is this little territory in a different country, if I make it there, I'm, I'm safe. And so I had that on my GPS, and I just knew where to go. Just get over that fence, and I'll be safe. And, and here as Christians, we're in this world. This church could be like our home, but ultimately we, our heavenly home is in the kingdom. And so we're going to go through trials. We're going to go through um, tribulations, right? John, John tells us that you will have tribulations in these days, but I, but I am with you. And so this is not our home. So how do we live? And let's go to verse 1 of chapter 5. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we just go to verse 1. It goes, for we know that if, we, if the tent... And Paul here is referring to our, to our body, our physical body, that, that if our tent is, that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in heaven. So this body here is just a tent. It's, it's, it's temporary. It's going it's to fade, right? When you take your last breath, you're going to turn to dust, right? You're going to go back to, to the ground. But he says this tent... Uh, if it's destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, but what? Uh, eternal in the heavens. Verse 2, for in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on, we may not be found naked, for while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened. Not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, 
so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. And so here as a Christian, we are in a war, right? Our body, we're raging against sin. And our desire, our goal should be, you know, at night when we go to sleep, God, if you call me home tonight, it'll be okay. You know, I long to be in heaven. I long to be heaven. Even though I have family and church family here, but every night it'll be like, God, if you take me home, it'll be okay. Why? Because this is not my home. My home is with Jesus in the kingdom. And so yet I desire, I want to be here. Like Paul said, I, I, I want to be here because I'm in the ministry. I, 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 we're proclaiming people need to hear the gospel. But at the end of the day, God, if you take me home tonight, man, it'll be, it'll be awesome. Stress-free, pain-free, worry-free. Uh, I, and so that's the, the, the struggle of a Christian. I want to be here because I want to share it with my family. I want to be here because I want to, I want to see my, my cousins or my uncles, whoever, come to know the Lord. I want to go back and live in Guatemala. I want to go serve. Those are my, my goals, but at the end of the day, I desire to be in, in heaven. You know, some of you, man, God, I need to finish my college career. I need to get married and this and this and that. But at the end of the day, God, if I just stand in front of you, that'll be better. So, Lord, let, let me fight that battle. As an ambassador, let me do the work. But if you call me home t- tonight, tomorrow, man, what a relief. What a great. And then he keeps on going, Paul. So, uh, Verse 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body, again, and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. And so at every moment, we've got every moment, every opportunity that we have to be here, we live it for the Lord, right? We live it for Him. Through the decisions we make, if please him. Are they striving to please him? So whether we are at, at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. And then verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. So just like an ambassador at he has to come back and report what he has done, the message he has given to these countries. We are ambassadors of Christ. We're here on this earth, and one day we're going to stand before the judgment seat. And what does it say there? So that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or bad. You will give an account. And I, again, I, don't want, I want to be clear Christianity is not about doing things to be saved. Christianity is not about doing this so God can love me. It's about doing this so God can see me, so I can get the MVP trophy. It's not about doing that. It's, we do it because we are ambassadors of Christ. We do it because we are in Christ. So not just ambassadors of Christ, but ambassadors in Christ. So we do it because we're, we're, we're one with Christ. And so we desire to do His will. 
But we don't do these things so we can earn our way into heaven or to earn salvation, right? We do these things because this is who we are in Christ. We've gone from old, now we're new, right? We've been given a new heart, a new heart that longs and that desires and that is in tune with God. So now we want to do what God commands us to do. Again, Christianity, I, you know, I, I spent a lot of time with young kids uh, in my early days of ministry, and they were always asked, if I become a Christian, can I still do this and this and this? And I said, like, man, I think you're missing the point. The, the point is that you become a Christian so you can do this. This is what pleases God. This is what honors God. And so Christianity is not about doing your best, not doing the things you want to do, and then doing the things that you really don't want to do. That's not Christianity. Christianity is I'm, now I'm made new, now I have a new heart, a new mind. I, I desire to do the things of God. This thing, these things are old things. They're in the past. I don't long to do these things. Now I want to do these things. Right? And so we will give an account before the Lord. We will stand before him. And we will, again, I don't know if it's going to be a movie or whatever of us, of our life or whatever, but God's going to reveal to us all that we have done, right? For some of us, that might be a two-hour movie. For some of us, that might be a 10-hour. It might be a marathon, you know. But we will stand before the Father and give an account to what we have done. So an ambassador of Christ doesn't live for this world. An ambassador of Christ lives for the sake of the kingdom. We, we, we plan for the sake of the kingdom. So again, how do we live on earth? What are our passions? When we wake up, what do we do? Or do, we, do we pursue the things of Christ or do we do what, what we want to do? Do we care for the lost? Again, this message is, is not just, uh, uh, it's, a, it's an important message to get to people. This message is, is vital. It's, it's an emergency that we take this gospel to those who have never heard the gospel. Even though we believe in a sovereign God who has chosen before him, but our job is to go and proclaim the gospel. So how do we do that? Are, are we, do we desire to, for this lost to be saved? Have you ever noticed sometimes in our prayers, we, we pray for our kids, right? Or we pray for our family, but do we ever pray for those outside of our family? God, I want them to be saved too. God, I want my neighbors who get on my nerves, I want them to be saved too. I want my roommate, she gets on my nerves or he gets on my nerves, I want them to be saved. Is that, that's the purpose of why we exist. Not to build a career, not to build fame, not to build houses, or not to do all that. It's to share the gospel of reconciliation. It's to share the gospel to those who don't know Christ. And we should be burdened to share that with those who don't know Christ. Why do we send missionaries around the world? As a church, you know, we send money, we give. We commission. Why do we send missionaries to dangerous places? 
Because these souls are worth hearing the gospel. They deserve a chance to hear the gospel. That God sent his one and only son to redeem us and to allow us to be reconciled to him. Matthew 16, 28 says, What good is it to gain the world and yet lose your soul? You know, there's another parable where, where this rich man had already a barn and it was full. And, and God, God says, uh, um, I'm going to give you more. What will you do with it? He goes, I'm just going to build bigger barns. And then God tells him, you fool. Right? And that fool, that, verse, that word is used in Psalms. The fool says there is no God. Right? So somebody who says to be a Christian, yet is not doing, um, not passionate about the loss, not passionate about doing what God has commanded to do, is pretty much saying, man, you really don't believe in God. You really don't, even though you don't acknowledge it, but by not giving, by not caring, by not loving, by not sacrificing, is the same thing as not really believing in God. So what does it matter if you gain the world and yet you lose your soul? Ambassadors have one job, and that is to proclaim the gospel. Let's look at verse 21, and then we'll kind of wrap it up and, and get prepared to, to take the Lord's Supper. As I was studying this week, I, I just kept on reading this verse, and I, and I would just set my Bible down, and I was like, I don't understand it. I, I, don't, I don't get it. But as it says this, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Do you get that? I don't, I don't get it. Let me read again. For our sake. He goes, for, for our sake he made him. Who's him? Jesus. To be sin. So, so he took his son, his perfect son, and he imputed our unrighteousness unto him. He absorbed the, the wrath so he, the sin, who, who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So if I can just share the gospel in four words. Uh, J.D. Greer has his book and uh, he just says this, Jesus in my place. That's the gospel. Jesus in my place. If you can understand this verse, then it calls us to, to go and share the gospel. And again, I, I don't get it. Why would God, first of all, look down upon me and say, I, I want to save you? There's nothing in me. There's nothing uh, worth saving. But God in his mercy, God sent his son to, to look past that and to put the sins on his son so that I can take his righteousness so that I can be counted as righteous. And again, if that is true, then we, we desire to be ambassadors. We want to go and represent him, proud. We want to go and live for him. Yes, you know, many will mock us. Some, of them are, some people are going to boo us. Some people are going to make fun of us. Some people are going to kill us. 
But in the end, we desire to live for Jesus. Amen? For he who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And this is beautiful, again, because I talked about, again, we don't do these things so we can work our way into heavens or so we can work for salvation or so we can work for God to love us. Man, it's finished. It is finished. When Jesus went to the cross, it was finished. He counted us righteousness. He took our place. So now we just represent him. We live for him. And it's hard because, again, as, as people who live, as us who live here, we, we still have in the flesh, in the body, we still make mistakes. We still sin. And we find that hard. You know, man, how can God use me? How can God love me? How can God um, continue to, to just pour his grace on me? And we don't get that. We don't, I, I don't understand that. But I accept it. I believe it, that, man, he have counted me righteousness. Romans 6, 1, what does that say? For there is what, I mean, Romans 8, 1, for there is what? No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Man, the moment that he made me old to new, he says there's no, no more condemnation. I won't hold anything against you. That's amazing, and that's good news, and people need to hear that. And so as we prepare for, for our Lord's Supper, I'm going to ask that we just close our eyes and and bow our heads. And I just want you to, just there, will you would just examine yourself? Do, do you represent Christ? As an ambassador of Christ, if you say you're, you are an ambassador of Christ, or do you represent him well? Do you desire to be with him in heaven? Do you desire to be here on earth to do his will? Do you desire to, to, to see the law saved? Are you actively sharing the gospel? Are you actively um, burdened by the loss? Do we take time to even know his scripture, his word, so we can be ambassadors who uphold to the truth, who declare the truth, who speak the truth? And so my prayer is that we would just Ask God, God, help us in areas that we need help. Help us to, to be true ambassadors for you, that we can represent you well.